Welcome. To Arcade Audio. episode of Married with Movies. I'm one of your hosts, Samantha Mullet. Sitting next to me on the couch is your other host, my beautiful husband, Chris Mullet. Did you just hiccup or what was that? Yeah, I kind of hiccuped and I was trying to still get through with my sentence and also not move my head so I could be right against this ice pack. Yeah, I'm trying to think what you remind me of right now. Um, you remind me of somebody with severe mental problems. Uh, <laughs> Cool. Appropriate. Yeah, because you currently have an ice pack up to your head, and your head's off to the side. No, hold on. What is, what is, what is this? Oh, you look like you're doing your Joe impression. What is this? What am I? Yeah. Hello. How's it going? I, we have to watch that movie again no, so we can get no, it back. No, no. I don't think we have it anymore. I think we exploded it. No, we gave it to my parents. Oh, right, right. So it's gone forever. Uh, it, In the void. Yep. It's May 18th. 2023 if you're new here uh, what the fuck are you how'd you find us uh, <laughs> i don't know <laughs> thanks for tuning in to this odd episode to tune into well because you're sitting here you have zero energy whatsoever I have energy i was just yelling at our daughter for oh. not going to fucking sleep well look it's it raining is. outside it it's storming we missed last week's episode because we were too fucking busy with our crazy ass life so, uh, that's what you're in for if you're listening to this. <laughs> for the first time. And that's, eventually, we'll start talking about the movie we watched. Because um, we're married, and this is what life is. It's not movies with married. It's married with movies. What? <laughs> you deserve whatever headache you have right oh, now, just for that so alone. that's so rude! Your head's like, you're going to say some dumbass shit that's in a few minutes. That's so rude! I'm already hurting thinking about what you're going to say. You're so rude! I'm just spitting the truth. That's all that it is. I thought you were going to lean back even further. Don't, because that chair's already messed up. Your parents were here four days without any supervision, and they already messed up your chair. No comment. Uh-huh. Uh, hey, everyone. We're, <laughs> we're ready Fuck to you go. guys. We're rocking and rolling. Um, so, yes, we missed last week's episode because the week leading up to look, we had a lot going on. All right, we weren't here. We well, had we're, we're gonna get there. Too much to do. Yes, it was we, my lowest priority. Yes, we. In between everything we had leading up to our vacation, which we'll detail here in a minute, uh, just got to be a little bit too much. And the one thing we had to cut off was doing the podcast for the week. So uh, we've remedied that by watching the movie last night, which was a day later because Samantha's ailments just keep piling up, and you randomly I was just were, was nauseous like and almost throwing minor up minor like food poisoning eight o'clock on vomiting uh, everywhere. Yeah, so here we are. Went to sleep at nine, but by, by force um, because you're stubborn, and uh, now here we are. You know better than you were. So no, I'm better. 
you're not, you can't even look at me because you have to put an ice pack over your head. And it's not like a small ice pack. It is a foot long, Yeah, this, hard... is, this is the wrong choice of ice packs. Well, tough titty, because I can get up and get you another one. Please? No. Don't you love me? Yes, I do love you, but I don't love you enough to get up and get an ice That's pack. That's rude. Because we're in the middle of recording, and I'm not going to end this, because I literally have to stop recording this and immediately put it up. That's so rude, though. You could. No. What's more important to you? More, right now? You or me? Getting this over with. You're you're obnoxious. I'm not obnoxious. And now I'm comfortable. You're fine. You have a nice pack right there. It works perffectly fine. Now you're not now you're just not gonna use that at spite. Yeah. No, I'll use it. Fine. Don't hold it up to your face like it's a steak and you just got hit by a softball. Maybe that's why I have a headache. Cause why? Cause you didn't get hit by a softball? Maybe because you hit me with a softball in my sleep. If I wanted to hit you with a softball, I'd make sure you're awake so I get the satisfaction of seeing you in pain with it. You're such a dick. So we went to Taylor Swift last weekend. <laughs> 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 Ominous thunder. Yeah, I hope that came out. Uh, yeah, our long-awaited vacation uh, to Philadelphia uh, finally took place, and we had a great time. Uh, I think we both, it's been a week since we've been to Philadelphia, and we're both like, just take us back, because despite Philadelphia, Look, largely a piece of shit. being a dump, it's a piece of shit. It wore us, it had that a charming, it's got good food, quality to it that wore us down over time. People were nice, but in like the weirdest way. We were there 72 hours, roughly, so Thursday to Friday, Friday, Saturday, Saturday, Sunday. Yeah, we were there 72 hours. And I think I had 18 meals. <laughs> uh, yes. I was trying to actually remember everything so that I two ate. Lun- two so cheesesteaks. We had lunch. two cheesesteaks. We had Pat's and Gino's, the so two most two. famous cheesesteaks. Uh-huh. Gino's wins over Pat's. I know it's controversial, but that's what I'm going with. Yeah, and then we so had... So we had two cheesesteaks and fries, cheese fries, all kinds of stuff there. And then we had... Then we went and had Thai food yeah, for Thai dinner. Food. That's three. That's three that's meals. three. Um... That was it that night. We had a bunch of snacks. We had we like had snacks and chips we had a and candy, drinks. and we had, had tons of drinks. And, and then, tons of other and things. then on Friday, Friday we, we had went breakfast. We had breakfast at the hotel, which was terrible. Awful. We had lunch. What did we have for lunch? Oh, we went to Chickies and Pete's. Chickies and Pete's for the first time. Good lord! Oh my! Um, then we went. Then we had dinner in the in the stadium. And we had like just fucking and then we arena had, pizza. Right, and, and then we had and then we had diner food. Yep, we went to the Starlight Diner and, then and had we, some breakfast. And then the next day... Saturday, we slept until like 10.30. And then we, we went lunch. straight to lunch. We went to... Reading Terminal. We had three lunches. T- no, we had two lunches. No, we, we, had, Term- no, we had two. We had the Pennsylvania Dutch place and we had the barbecue chicken. We only got drinks at that other place. We didn't have any food. Positive. Because we ate... No, what did we eat there? No, we ate... We ate we, something. I it know. was dessert. We, I wanted to sit and eat something. What did we sit and eat? We got... We got, um... I was like, I just want to sit and eat. Let's get, get a drink. What the fuck did we eat? We ate something there. Oh, from from Hungry... From Hungry Burger. The mac and cheese. Oh, yeah, mac so and cheese. So we had three. Okay. So that's just ten meals so far. Yep. So we're at ten meals. And then for dinner... We went to went to the hospital. <laughs> no. Went to the fainting goat. What? The fainting goat? I thought the fachingos. I'm like, no, what was the fainting goat? Fainting goat, yep. And uh, I had pasta? What did I have? We shared. We shared a couple things. I had, I had soup and those egg rolls, and you had that pasta. Yeah. 
And um, then... And then we went to Nifty Thrifties. Yeah. Nifty Fifties and got uh, a milkshake. milkshake and, and I burger. also got a burger. Right. So this is 12 meals. Mm-hmm. This is a dozen meals right now. Yep. And then... On the way out, we got chickies and pizza again because it was the only thing that really was in our terminal. Yeah. So we had over 13, a dozen meals. Yeah, over a dozen meals. And, which, you know, just an extra meal a day. It's fine. Um, on top of the copious amounts of alcohol and drinks and stuff that I also imbibed. But it was a great time. We saw the Liberty Bell. We saw the Rocky statue. Yeah, yeah, all that Rocky stuff steps. was fine. We, we um, saw Taylor Swift. We went to Reading Terminal, like you and mentioned. It, and it was amazing. It was I went to a closing so toy store. cares about off. what you did. Uh, we... we uh, we saw a bunch of aspiring Golden Gold's boxers at our hotel. Um, yeah, then we went to go see Phoebe Bridgers, which was great. You're an <laughs> And Gail, who, I, uh, who was the opener for the opener, who I ended up uh, really liking. Yeah, and some other lady performed. How was it, Samantha? It was amazing. It was. I was so overwhelmed, but in the best way. It was awesome. It was everything that I could hope for. I was... I would so hope so. Happy. She performed for three and a half hours over amazing. 40 songs. It was amazing. I loved all the songs that were played, but then I was going back, and if you listen to this uh, podcast before, you know that I I don't really like movie trailers, and I you know, don't like spoilers. Like I like to go into things like, you know, fresh. fresh. Yeah. Uh, and this was no exception. It's been the hardest few months, um, just staying away from anything about the show and like the set list and everything like that well because both uh, like my family like knows how much you love it and want to go and we're like trying to share your things you're like and hey, I'm like, yeah. nope. I'm like thanks so much I appreciate it we would even go but to shut the fuck we up we were in Disney Springs a, a few weeks prior at Sugar Boo and you were wearing like a Taylor Swift shirt and they're like oh my god have you, uh, have like, you seen the uh-huh. concert yeah they're, nope they're like, nope and they're not like oh yet. just waiting and I was like I want to be like shut the fuck up ladies <laughs> yeah my wife's yeah. gonna punch you. So I, I like made it all the way through without getting any spoilers or anything. It was amazing. And then I, now I've been like going back and seeing what she played, like the other songs that she played live. And now I'm like, oh, I wish I had heard that song. So Well, the only difference I think so are the special songs each night. The Everything songs, else is the same. Uh kind of, a couple. Phoebe ha- did the same thing. She played she like one couple, or two different. Yeah, so so she played, you know, Invisible String first, and then she replaced it with the one. Um, there's, there, there's some differences in, in the set list and all of that, yep. but that's fine. But yes, I love the secret songs and I wish, you know, they're some of my favorites. Um, so I wish I had seen those. So I want to go to another one of her concerts to see more. Oh okay, yeah. Okay. Fun. Um, Good for you. I could just, I could you watch can, an now eight you hour. Can YouTube that I shit. could watch an eight hour Taylor Swift. I could just watch her sing every song from her discography and I would be thoroughly And just to happy. clarify before people ask, no, we were not at the show that, she yelled no, we at security, and and that was the night before. We were at the show without incident. No, we were at the first show in Philly. Yeah. That was the Saturday And we show. weren't at the show that Keith Urban and Nicole Kidman were at that Phoebe Bridgers and Bo Burnham were found canoodling backstage either. So uh, we missed all the drama. We missed all the fun. We just had a solid-ass show. Were we at the one? I think Blake Lively was at our show, I think. Something like that. I, I think know. Blake Lively And then her daughters. new boyfriend, Matt Healy, was also there. I didn't recognize... We were far away, but I don't know what the fuck that guy looks like. He's He was playing and guitar and stuff rumor. for... Um, Alleged uh-huh, new sure. boyfriend. Um, he was uh, you know, playing guitar for Phoebe Bridgers and other things. I saw my girl. She was great. And then they sang, they sang a song together, which yep. I was so happy because I really wanted to see that live. Mm-hmm. Um, the Nothing New song. So I'm very happy about that. 
Um, yeah, I can't wait for, for the Speak Now Taylor's version to come out and um, 1989 Taylor's version mm-hmm. to come out and then for her to do another tour and us to go. I promised Jillian that um, her and I would go to the next one together. So. And depending on the opener, you can either go by yourself or I will go with you guys. It was, it was, it was a great show. I cannot deny it. It was a fantastic time. She knows uh, how to entertain. We had an amazing day. We didn't stand in the... We, we lasted five minutes in the merchandise line. I told Samantha, you can order all this stuff online. Um, you got, like, confirmation and tracking for that, right? Not tracking. Well, not system. tracking, because nothing's shipping until, like, June. June. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. Good. I got... I ordered all that stuff. Fantastic. And then, yeah, then we got to wait outside in, like, the 45-minute to an hour wait to get a fucking car. Um, and that was with us waiting an additional hour to even try to get a car. Um, yeah, it was, it was crazy, but it was, it was total amazing. insanity, but it was pretty dope. Um, like I said, Philly won me over by the end of it, just by people not being as curmudgeon as they are, they're known to be. It's they're, a city of brotherly love. I don't know what the you're roads thinking. fucking suck and par- everywhere to park is 15 to $20 unless you want to park basically in the middle of the road. But God damn it, if I didn't find a good comic and toy deal and had some of the best Thai food and the best Philly cheesesteak I've ever had in my entire life. So that, that's a win for check, me. Check, check. Check, check. We did it. We don't ever have to do it again. Absolutely. Uh, because of that, um, like, besides missing doing the podcast last week, we haven't had a chance to really watch much else. Um, I will hopefully have a report next week. Oh, no. Did we talk about Guardians? No. We didn't talk about Guardians, did we? No, we haven't recorded since then. Well, we recorded... Yeah, you're right. Because it was the previous weekend. Mm-hmm. Well, because we're already going a little long. We should be seeing Guardians again. And Jillian will be seeing Guardians for the third time <laughs> at the end of this month. Uh, my mother has started to watch the MCU. Uh, so she watched the first two Guardians movies. Absolutely loved them. Watched Infinity War. And is going to watch Endgame soon. And I tried to what explain her to her. What are her feelings about those? She, she's loved them. She thinks they're hilarious. So I'm like, okay. Cool. Hey, whatever. So, uh, so do you want to do an MCU series with my mom on the show, where we watch all? We just like next year. What if next year? I'm just gonna pitch this. Don't give me an answer right now. 2024, we watch all the MCU movies and we have my mom on the show every week. Chris, <laughs> you think I was serious? Did you? I'd rather slip my fucking wrist because you know how much the MCU means oh, to me. No. What happened? I'm dropping the remote down the couch. Good. Also, the crack of my ass. <laughs> Good. I don't know where it went. Oh, no. Oh, I'm stuck. <laughs> Good. Serves you right. That's karma. Oh, no. Did you Keep really? Keep going. Yeah, it's gone. Oh, gosh. Cool. Um, what were we talking about? Your mother? My mother and the MCU. I, I love the MCU, and I think... When we did Guardians, I talked about it, how brilliant everything is, the interlock, and we've had arguments before on the show with doing them all together at the same time. Well, yeah, yeah. Um, But I want to do them. I don't think... Your mother and I do not agree on many things, so I don't think I could I don't think Marvel's have a conversation with, with her. Exactly. <laughs> The Lord has spoken. Uh, but we will go see Guardians. Jillian went to go see Guardians 3 with her grandparents that were babysitting her while we were my in Philadelphia. Yeah. So my mom wants to uh, see it. So we're going to go. And I'm, I'm fine. I will say I did like it more than two. And I think it was great. 
Um, I so I, I, will, I will happily go see it uh, another time in theaters, um, as long as my mother's fitting the bill. So exactly. Um, yeah. So we'll, um, we'll we'll talk more in depth on it uh, after we've seen it a second time. Because for now, we've already gone about fifteen minutes, and I want to get into the movie that I nominated that we are watching today. It is the Florida Project. Uh, I will read the box now. Oh, hang on. Willem Dafoe gives one of the best performances of his career, says The Guardian. I thought you were say The Guardians of the Galaxy. <laughs> I was like, what? Joyous, vibrant, and glorious fun, says LA Weekly. Brilliant, says the Los Angeles Times. A magical ode to childhood, says Time. On a stretch of highway just outside the most magical place on Earth, six-year-old Mooney and her ragtag band of playmates spend an unforgettable summer at the Magic Castle, a budget motel managed by Bobby in a career best performance by Willem Dafoe. Bobby's stern exterior hides a deep reservoir of kindness and compassion as he watches over the kids' adventures, protecting them from some of the harsher realities of life. Mm. Good job. Thank you. So, uh, this movie, uh, in the Oscar season of its year, which I believe was the incredibly stacked 2017, yes, um, Received some decent acclaim. I think Willem Dafoe got nominated for Best Supporting Actor, um, but didn't really accumulate much else, but has definitely been held in high esteem since. Rich was gushing over this when it came out, and I finally caught it around the Oscar season. I, I probably gushed about it on the show when I, when I watched it. And have since really taken to Sean Baker's movies. The other movie I nominated was his other, his other movie, the one that came out since this, Red Rocket. Um... And we can get into his style and stuff later on. So we know my feelings and emotions on it. I'm very curious because watching this last night, we watched it late. And we also stayed up even later to watch this week's Ted Lasso. Um, but I, I felt like you were very engaged in watching it. I, I don't mind saying, I've, I've put you on blast on the show before. But sometimes we're watching a movie, you're just playing on your phone and, you know paying attention but i feel like you're an asshole i'm just saying that's that's uh, you know that's what happens yeah i'd rather do that than do it to your face when you're talking to me which is what you do what do you mean when i'm trying to have a conversation with you you're just on your phone reading your reddits no you're not because i have to always repeat myself that's not the case at all uh what'd you say uh well that wasn't the case here so i'm curious if that is a positive or a negative about the movie. So I want to start with you. Uh, in your first time watching this, what did you think of the movie? I think you're an asshole. That's what I think you are. Okay, well, I'm not in the movie. So well, I may have been. I don't know. I might have been in the background driving one of the cars because it stands to mention. Yes, this takes place in our backyard. <laughs> it, this 15 takes minutes from our house. It's more like 20 because it's the other side of Erlo Bronson. So, it is. It's, so it's it's the it's the side of Erlo Bronson that's close to Animal Kingdom, where Lolly works. Right. It is. It is. So we live in Claremont, Florida. We which is we live at in like Lake, right at Four Corners. Yes, it's Lake County, Florida, which is right next to Kissimmee. It's right next. It's right in the middle of a bunch of things. But if we were to go five minutes down the road, essentially, it, it turns into uh, U.S. T- uh, One Ninety Two. Which is Erlo Bronson right. Road. So, so Erlo Bronson is one one side of it is Four Corners, which yep. is where we live. It's where Polk County, Osceola County, Orange County, and Lake County meet. Mm-hmm. And then 
the the further I guess west you go. I'm horrible geography wise, but yeah. If you go on that whole stretch, you it, go to Celebration, which is like the old, the, like the Disney ideal town. Disney town, and then and you go you keep going, and then, and then you're into this part of the the uh, trashy part, and then you're in Disney, the lower income, less classy, well, touristy yes. area, very touristy, yes. but be and so it's filled with a lot of motels and. And tourist traps and things like that. Yeah, and like part of that gift is shops and exactly. Um, and so obviously it attracts a certain clientele. Um, so yeah. yes, this is our backyard. So yeah, we we see these type of people all the time. All the time. Yeah. Like this is this is our backyard. So what did you think? Um, I thought it was a great movie. Yeah. I almost forgot to capture all of the swerves is how much I was into this movie. Oh, good. So, so you know. Great, but you got them. Oh, I got him. Absolutely. Oh, thank God. I know. I got him. You want to hear him? So I, no, I just, one, want to, I just want to hear the number. So we can actually talk about the value and the meaning and the story of this movie. Six. There and were only six. Okay. There were only six good. swerves. Good. It, was, it wasn't too swerve heavy. Yeah. But there were there were six swerves um, in uh, the, in the movie. But yeah, I think that that's a testament. Um, you know, having not seen it before. Um, yeah, and also, I was very. Um, I related very much to what this story kind of represented in a way with. It's about like the six-year-old girl. Oh yeah, oh yeah. And her yep. relationship with her mother, yep. who, from the outside looking in, is a terrible mother, who's doing her best, right? Sure. She's doing what she thinks is her best. I, I want to get into. We will, but but I, we will, but know. I relate a lot to the to the mother daughter relationship that was sure. here, and that little girl. Was a very precocious, just like my little girl, and so I precocious to a point, and then just becomes a product of her environment. But yeah, still precocious. Yeah, yeah. I bet you, Jillian goes to that school and has the pottiest potty mouth ever, because of us. Oh sure, 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 sure. You know what I mean? Like she doesn't do it in front of us; she knows better. But I bet. No, no, she thinks "stupid" is a bad word. She very much is not into. Yeah, bad she words. calls anyone a thwat. I'll punch her in the face. <laughs> Um, um, no, this, uh, so I, this is the So yeah, third, so it reminded me of Jilly. I think it's the third time I've seen this movie, and... It reminded me of Jilly so much. I I was crying at the end of the movie. I'd never cried in this movie before, I, but at, I, the, at the end of the movie, I was sitting over here just tears streaming down my face, weeping, because... I was too. It, it got to me because of, you know, children, especially children like that, put up this necessary tough exterior and you see Mooney throughout the entire movie like you don't think anything can really phase her yeah because she's number one like I said a product of her environment kind of living it up and playing up the unfortunate circumstances of of being you know this child surrounded by trash but also she is kind of oblivious to everything because she's six. So, she, you know, when, it's a completely different when shit does get real, 
she's asking, like, why is this happening? What's this? What's going on? You know? And then when it kind of hits her and she has this breakdown and she has to say, like, goodbye to her friend, it's like, oh, yeah, she's still a child. You forget that she's a child. You know she's a child because she's a lot to deal with. Um, but you forget she's a child, and the other child, who kind of throughout the whole movie is just kind of, just kind of pushed and pulled along, and not really, like, a focal point, or, you know, just kind of a gaze at everything, because she's also the new kid in in the scenario of the situation, you know, taking it upon herself to whisk her away, and have this, like... Magical... This magical dream sequence essentially this hope filled yeah you know thing and, and it's, I think it, it's, it fucking killed it, me this time and it's and it's so beautiful because it it is it's like this kid like these kids live in like this imagination right like they live in their imagination and like that's yeah. what they're supposed to do and then when reality like starts crashing down it's like okay let's just keep going in that imagination let's yeah. like reinvigorate that hope and that innocence and I think that that it was a beautifully told story. The thing about Sean Baker's movies, and I'm I'm interested if you see Red Rocket. Are you, are I'm not. You, I don't want to see that. Well, you, Red you won't, there's I don't nobody... want to see any dicks in that. I don't want. I didn't see a dick in this movie. I don't want to see any dicks. I don't think you'd see Simon Rex. I don't remember. But um, I especially don't want to see Simon Rex's dick. Go back and listen to the Scary Movie podcast. He's so that we good did. in that movie. Uh, not sorry, Scary Movie 3 and Red Rocket. Oh. <laughs> but, uh, Fuller Project is a much better movie to me than Red Rocket. But both... Sean Baker's an amazing filmmaker. He's great at directing his films. This movie, he directs his ass off in it. Some of the stuff that he accomplishes with it's, his cast. Basically taking a lot of people... Like, he found Jancy at a Target. Scooty was just living in a hotel in the area. And because of this movie was able to move his family out of a hotel and has now got, like, scholarships to go Amazing. to college and stuff. Like, Amazing. It, like, he does... I call them these real slice-of-life movies and that he puts the focus and the camera on a, a subset of our country and the world that nobody pays attention to, really. Like, nobody really takes time to care and think about. And he doesn't force you to take a side or an opinion. Like, in this movie... It's just... It, it is what it is. It, it, it's, basically it's, what a fic- it is. it's basically a fictional documentary yeah. of these people that live in this motel exist. Like, this is this, is this world dramatized and fictionalized. Same thing with Red Rocket. But, you know, not, I think it, but I, not too exaggerated. And also not trying to tell uh, tell you how to think or feel about it. He's showing you how it is, and throughout the movie, you waffle back and forth. There are points right. in this movie where I'm like, God damn it, I, I feel so sorry for them because whatever circumstances that put them here, you know, they just can't struggle and get out of. Right. And I, I feel and so then, like, and then that, she beats the shit out of the girl, and I'm like, what a fucking cunt. And like, then and then exactly. yeah, and then the other half, I'm like, but from all your actions and all everything you're doing. I feel like you deserve and have put yourself here. Right, exactly. And it's, it's the same thing with Red Rocket mm-hmm. in like this small Texas town. Um, a very different, but similar in their class in many different definitions. It's so interesting and entertaining and important to watch that um, I, he... Very quickly, just in these two films, and I gotta go back and watch Tangerine as well. Um, 
Like, I'll see every single one of his movies until, like, he starts churning out shit. Because uh, that's just how good and deep and effective, I think, his, his movies are. And he gets, like, he gets by on this one with just leaning in on this crazy energy and this crazy spirit of these people that it's, it's undeniable, but it's also so fucking sad because you see in them this earnestness, this goodness, this quality that makes you, like... Like I said, like, we live 15, 20 minutes away from these people, and we see these people all the time. Like, we've interacted with these type of people. Like, at a store, at a restaurant, or whatever. Like, they always have this, like, soul about them. That You know, they're outgoing, and you can kind of hold a conversation with them, and they survive. But at its core, they are awful. You know what I mean? Like... At their core... It's it's the same kind of argument. Like, that personal persona and that private persona. Yes. You know? I, I, I think that that is common. And just because somebody is boisterous and outgoing doesn't mean they're a good person, right? Oh, no, of course and, not. And vice versa, right? And just because somebody... You perceive them to be like like uh, withdrawn, standoffish. Doesn't mean they're a bad person. Like take the the Jancy's grandmother, right? The beginning of the movie. Mm-hmm. The kids are spitting on her car, mm-hmm. and then she's yelling at them. And she's right off the bat, you're like, oh, that's the villain, right? Like she's villainized, like right away. She's yelling at them, cussing at the kids. Goes gets the manager, makes them clean the car. Mind you, she's totally justified. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. But yeah. from the child's point of view, yes. which yeah, is yes. like primarily like we're following the children mm-hmm. around in this, right? So she's kind of vilified. But then she becomes good friends. The girls become good friends. And then she's like cooking for them. like, And she, she becomes warmer. Yeah. So it's... But that's like how we are. Not one... Not any one person is one dimension. We have different different dimensions to us. We have different personalities, really. Keep talking. Keep talking. I know we have different personalities and different things like that. Um, but, you, you know, and it comes out depending on the situation and what's happening and all of that. So, um, but I thought this movie did, did a really good job of, just like you said, like portraying. This is a situation. This is how these people reacted or are in the situation. And stuff like that's happened to us before. I mean, it's just the same as if, like, we're fighting. Like, we were fighting, yelling at each other just before. Mm-hmm. And, like, it passes, you know? And that's yeah. just one side of, of it. It's just, like, that's reality. Um, so. Um. There's so much about this movie that I like. There's so many scenes I love. Uh, did you have a favorite part of the movie? Uh, yeah, I I just... Cause the I... one thing that's impressive about this movie as you're, picking your, as you're picking your scene is it does weave in and out of being funny and also serious and dramatic very, very effortlessly and well while also really not being plot heavy well there's a lot of this movie that you're just seeing these people's day-to-day yeah, it's a lives. scene it, it's a scene in the life yeah it's a scene in the life and they're right the plot is just living like they're mm-hmm. just living their life and 
It's not until the fire where you really kind of get a catalyst for, for what sets off other, the last 30 minutes of yeah, the movie. Exactly. Of, you know. Exactly. And, and I think that part of that is because of, like, the casting. Like, th- these are real people. And yeah. while, yes, maybe, like, some of them are actors and things, they're unknown. It's that raw, that raw mm-hmm. quality yep. um, and the talent. To be quite honest, um, I think is is how the story was able to be told so successfully. Yeah. Um, there's a lot that I I like. Um, I really I kind of, I like. It's hard to to pick just one scene. To be quite honest with you, um, I really loved the the scenes with um, Haley and Mooney. And, like, when they were bonding, I think probably one of my favorite scenes is, like, when they're um, they playing, got, in the rain. playing in the rain. Mm-hmm. And they're just, like, dancing around in the rain and playing in the rain. And um, I, I thought that was a, a great, great scene. Um, yeah, like, the levels of motherhood that they display are fascinating because you, so sen- fascinating. you see the love. You, you sense see the, it. You know it's there. And, like... You understand her need to do anything she can. Anything to provide for her yeah. kid. But <laughs> there's still that decision-making level and yeah. this environment and negative influence she's having on her daughter that, you know, at the end of the movie, like how grim that ending is where, you know, she, where basically she, you know, she's yelling, like, you're asking me to help you take my kid away. Right. Like, like you get it, but you're like, but you're like, heartbreaking. But you're like, yeah, we are, you yeah. know, like, um, the one, the one, uh, there's a couple of like little minor critiques I have about the movie. One of them is, um, I mentioned a minute ago how I appreciated the movie doesn't really kind of force you to pick a lane and go with a, a who's right or wrong or, you know, uh, mm-hmm. uh socioeconomical, you know argument but there's like a scene early on where she's at i don't know if it's unemployment or what's tanif is that food stamps or no you don't pay attention to uh last week tonight do you no i do i, just, I forget no, there's so many different it, things it, it, it Welfare is like, um, or... yeah it's like transportation because she has a scene where like she's obviously talking to a, a person off camera about you know she's not stripping anymore because they wanted her to do you know extra things and they tell her that, you know, that's going to cut off her benefits because she's not working and she's, you know, argument. And, like, that's a little bit of a, was a whiff of a scene to me because it was the only one, which is fine. I'm glad they didn't expand upon it. But it it felt like they were maybe trying to dip their toe in there. And it's early enough on where they don't kind of go into that anymore and then it just kind of fades away. But I, I found that to be a little, you know, jarring and, and Yeah, yeah, I can I can see that. Um I also really loved the buffet breakfast scene just towards the end when yeah. just Mooney being Mooney and she's oh, just I going. Love that. Yeah. It's just the camera's just tight on her face. And she's just And she's she's, she's, she's improvising. She's improvising, she's eating, and I'm like, that's Jillian all day. Yeah. But I just thought how, that, that was so pure and so yeah. wonderful. How do more people not do that? Um, like in this like how do people not just go into a hotel? get a table and just book it on a room that they don't have. I like, don't know. How, like, how did, like, why? I just want to go do that. <laughs> like, I want to go try that. Like, what's stopping you just go, oh, yeah, it's on room uh, 638. You know? Well, because then they're like, and the name. Probably. And stuff like that. You yeah. Know, it's not, 
Not quite like that anymore. But. Yeah. I mean, this was only five years ago. Fucking COVID, man. Fucking everything. Fucking COVID. Uh, so it's going to be weird, but I honestly think the Bobby stopping the pedophile scene is one of my favorite oh my God, scenes in a, a movie great ever. Scene. That scene man, that's has a great... fucking everything. It's it... the right amount of creepy. It's still somehow a little funny. Swerve. It's heartwarming. It's got some swerves. You didn't know. You didn't know he was going to... Stop that pedophile. No, well, you know he did, because Bobby's fucking the best. Well, yeah, Bobby, but, Bobby is so great. Um, but, like, the thing I like about that scene is you see it kind of play out in real time. There, I think there's only one, maybe two edits, like, when he finally gets to the vending machine, and, like, you see him putting the quarters in, mm-hmm. and then there's an edit when he's, like, on the way back, uh, and Bobby, like, basically assaults him. Uh, but the thing I love the most is once that's all done and he finally scares the guy away and yells at him, there's that moment of recognition that you see Mooney and Jancy have as they like, they've watched everything happen and they look to Bobby and Bobby looks at them and it's like, this is the only motherfucker that's protecting you and keeping you safe and making sure that you're okay. And like, they don't, they don't get it, but like they no, get it. They get it. And I think that it, you can see that as well. Like when they're playing around and like they're like when they're playing tag and like they go into the office and and like the, or yeah, the hide and seek and like they hide under the desk and he's like, watch the wires. Like, you know, and it's, it's kind of like that resigned, you know, putting up with them kind of thing, Mm -hmm. but it's very good natured. Sure. And, and I just, yeah, I think like they get it. Like they know like, he, he he's there for them. I gotta like, give a shout out guy. to the casting. We've already talked about it throughout all these, like, unknown people. I don't know who some of these people are, but, like, the guy they got for that pedophile is just like, that's, like, you could not convince me that that guy just was no. on set and just trying to do yeah, that. exactly. And Willem Dafoe was like, I'm fucking doing this. I'm fucking um, this guy. And also, for Willem Dafoe to be the only name in this movie, I think that was... Amazing. Yeah, C- Caleb Landry Jones is like a name ish. He's only like two very very minor scenes. Sure. I yeah. Think he this year, if I'm not mistaken, was the year that he was in this movie, Get Out, Three Billboards, and I want to say there was even a fourth, but I know for sure it was those three all in the same year. It's like who's fu- who's fucking. Who's Dixie yeah. sucking? Because <laughs> I'll suck I it I want to suck it, yeah. I'll be in three Oscar-nominated movies all at once. Um, but, yeah, he, um, right, but like... But that scene is great. Uh, anything with Gloria, I am in. It's like two scenes. All right, look. <laughs> Let me talk about Gloria. You cannot convince that me. That was another swerve in this movie. <laughs> Gloria's tits are out. Swerve. Gloria just sitting here with her big-ass titties out. Her big talking, ass titties. Talking about her big ass titties. Well, because like because they're a at person. First, because like at first, at first, the kids are like Gloria, and you don't really know what's about to happen. And they're well, running through. They're running all around the magic castle. They're gathering people they're up. Get, they're they're, gathering yeah, they're gathering people up. They make it there, and then they look, and then you see Gloria and her, in her Gloria mm-hmm. with her titties out. And that interaction between her and Bobby is hilarious. Bobby just saunters up, like you gotta, you gotta cover up. There are kids, 
And then he puts the thing on her. Oh my like, oh. god, call the police. Call this the, man, he's assaulted me. He this touched man touched my, my big fucking titties. I know. It's, <laughs> it's, it's so funny. It's so fucking It's really, good. really hilarious. I'm trying to find if she's an actress or if that lady just lives in that hotel. We can go down there right now. Because then later on, she... Let's go down there right now and find out. Because later on, she is... um. She's there again. With the cigarette. With the cigarette. Sandy Kane. And this is... Yeah, this looks like probably like the only thing she's done. She's done a bunch of other weird stuff. So, you know, I'm not going to go any further. I don't, I kind of don't, <laughs> don't want to know anymore. Um, so, I love everything with Gloria. Uh, Great. Uh, I love the... Uh, the scene where the kids are just like kind of showing Jancy around the first time, and there's like again, it's just kind of like oh, and like all the doors. Each room, like this guy uh, gets arrested a lot. This guy <laughs> smells like pee. Yeah, this like, guy needs a shot. We're not we're not allowed like, to go in here, and then like they shut the power down, and Bobby has to fix it and stuff. Yes, um, yes. Uh, I also love everything about the hotel being the wrong hotel with the Brazilians on their honeymoon. Look, that gave me like PTSD. <laughs> <laughs> well, cause it's been like, well, all right, so we've never done this, but we have booked a hotel and been like, oh, we shouldn't have booked here. But we knew Several what we were getting times. into. Yes. Several times. It wasn't like, oh, we, we had once, the Magic Kingdom. No, we once stayed in a hotel that the door did not shut. Correct. But that was like a brand, like that was like a Holiday Inn, you know what I mean? That wasn't, the, we've never stayed at like a Magic Castle. We've stayed at some of the like lower end resorts on Earl of Bronson. But they are at least not this. You know what I mean? Like sure. they still. Rich and I once uh, came into town and stayed at one of those resorts for a wrestling uh, show, and we ended up having the room adjoined to us just unlocked, which was nice. We had like a suite essentially. That was very nice because Osmond joined us. But um, uh, I think he says at one point that like his assistant booked it. I'm like, oh fuck! If I ever did that to Julie, she'd fire my ass. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> my, my boss, because that's basically what I do for my boss. Um. The, uh, there's scenes that, like, I still, they're not necessarily my favorite scenes, but, like, the scene when, um, Dickie and his family is leaving and his dad just, like, I'll get you all new toys where we go, like, I can't fit this stuff. It's, like, everyone is, like, they're saying their goodbyes and just, like, it's just this, it just, it's It's so so real real. and depressing. So real. And Mm -hmm. it just, it puts you into that fucking world so well. It really does. I love the scene at the Arabian Hotel as well. And I'm not, that's the name of the hotel. When uh, basically the characters have to stay somewhere else one night a month so they're not like residents because it's not like legal technically to live in a hotel. Um, right. Well, and there was that sign at the hotel we stayed at in Philadelphia too. Can't say thirty consecutive nights. Yeah, it's just a thing. So they apparently had an agreement it's with not one hotel. Not an extended stay. It changed. It changed ownership, and she, you know she's just being fucking difficult. And any scene that ends with uh, a fucking pad getting oh, no, that's a later scene. Never mind. No, that's a different scene. <laughs> the scene where she throws her no, fucking this, tampon on the wall. Well, it was a pad, a pad. Not a tampon, but yeah, in the Arabian hotel scene, she. Spills her drink everywhere because she because she basically refer, refused service even after Bobby is paying her bill for her exactly. or paying the difference I should say yeah um, and yeah uh, at any scene where her and Mooney are trying to hawk the perfume which were all which was all legit those were all like real people that they would then have to chase down and yep. get waivers for mm-hmm. um, and same thing with no not the magic bands but the scene where she stops the guy. And sells in the magic bands, and it, it you come to find out that the magic band she stole 
from basically a trick she was she had turned out, and he comes back. That whole stretch. That was great. Yeah, that the, was great, and just the interventions that Bobby has is just they're just wonderful. Oh yeah, I mean he's he's trying like that's that's Bobby's character basically is your window to the side of the argument that um what the fuck's the mom's name? It's driving me um Haley. Haley is the window to the argument that Haley is fucking the worst. Like he's so patient, he gives chance after chance after chance and finally he just has that fucking breaking point. Like you're fucking done, you know? Mm-hmm. Um the most heartbreaking somehow to me the most heartbreaking line or part of the movie is when that magic bang guy comes back because you see once the fire happens everything starts going really quickly and you just get like a short little scene and a short little scene and you get a bunch in a row of Mooney in the bathtub by herself which is when Haley's you know you know sleeping with people for money prostituting herself yeah and this guy like busts in and is like there's a fucking kid in here she's like "You're, you're not supposed to go to the bathroom I told you that when he comes back, Mooney says, "Do you have to pee again?" And it's just, it's just like it fucking. Kids don't forget that shit. They don't forget, but they also don't understand. Like, she, like she doesn't know the context of the situation, but knows, uh, but recognizes him and knows what's going on to a to certain an extent. extent. And it's just like fuck, that gets me fucking bad. And then yeah. uh, Haley beats Ashley's ass. And and immediately pukes. I want to beat somebody up so bad that I fucking puke afterwards. That's that's, that's a goal in my life. I mean, um, and then she still can't even fucking help herself. Still afterwards, when DCF gets called, and as somebody that has worked with somebody that's had DCF called on them, <laughs> and saw the fear of God in that person, you know, you you forget how how serious that is. Um, but yeah, it's. But then it's also it also tells the tale of people who think that they're untouchable. Yeah. You know that that's kind of part of it too. Who hasn't felt like that, right? Like, oh, there won't be consequences to mm-hmm. my actions. And that's in an extension of why Mooney is the way that she is. Exactly, too. which is the whole fire thing, yeah. and like the consequence of that was, she got separated from her friend. Mm-hmm. The moms fell out. Yeah. And ultimately, the whole DCF involved in having to go to another mm-hmm. family. Like, it, it, this movie also does tell that story of, you know, uh, it's just really so well done. Of, of just, like, you know, not caring or not being not forward enough. Not comprehending. Not, not forward thinking enough. Like... Mm-hmm. If I do this, what's going to happen? Yeah, there's there's no thought put to consequences and repercussions. Exactly. Like there's none. Exactly, um, except, and even like when, when um, they were hawking the perfume and they got stopped by the security guard and she's mm-hmm. just continuing to fight and argue and then, then runs because she can't get arrested again. Yeah. You know? So so th- there there was some borderline stuff, but then you know obviously like, this girl has a past and everything, but it just isn't forward thinking enough. She's not forward thinking enough. Like you said to, so Mooney's not. So Mooney just does as she wishes, which is obviously how you always want kids to be. But even five years ago, three, six year olds walking all that distance across OBT 
Or mm-hmm. Earl Bronson. Earl Bronson, yeah. Mm-hmm. OBT is better. The parties, apparently. <laughs> Every time they said OBT, I was like, man, if everyone knew what they fucking mean. OBT, Orange Blossom Trail, is another main road in Orlando uh, that stretches the uh, like the Florida Mall and um, not the best area in town. Yep. Uh, I, the first time, my first experience with uh, OBT was... Yeah, tell us about your first experience with OBT. I will. It's easy. Um, I... Was we were still living in Gainesville, but I had a job uh, for a very very short period of time where that was stationed in Orlando, and I was I had to go for training. It was my birthday. I was the first time I was put up in a hotel at the Florida Mall Hotel, which is the Florida Mall is like the, the tourist hotel, uh, the tourist airport mall. The hotel is very nice, so I was all excited. I walked around the mall and I was like, "It's my birthday. I want to go." You know, I don't want to have food court food for my birthday because I got a per diem. Let's see what's on Orange Blossom Trail, huh? There's two sides of Orange Blossom Trail. One side, which is still not great. You know, it's largely run-down businesses and, you know, a lot of, you know, construction. It's Hispanic. I used to, I used, literally used to work on that road since we moved here for a couple of years. Mm-hmm. The other side of OBT is basically just seedy strip joints, prostitutes, drugs, and crime. And I chose to go down that road, (laughs) not knowing where I was going. Sure. And I was like, well, there's got to be something else. There's got to be something else. And finally, I was like, okay, I'm just turning around. (laughs) I can't do this anymore. Can't do it. Yeah. And I don't think I've ever, seriously, I don't think I've ever been down that search of OBT since. Because if we go to the Florida Mall, or we go, there's a comic book store over there I like, and a couple other stores, uh, we're always on the Water Bridge side, where I used to work, right? I don't think we've ever crossed that other, because the other is cross street is Sand Lake Road. Which Sand Lake stretches all the way to a good part of town that's right by I Drive and, you know, Universal the and the Bay Hill Restaurant Row, kind of an affluent area. So we're always on like that side. I don't think I've honestly ever crossed that other side. Now you will see a straggling prostitute. I'll, I'll point them out. Every time we drive and we're getting on the highway, I'm like, oh, there's a prostitute. Because you can tell when they're on OBT who they are. And this is where they were going to uh, have a night out at the town. Yep. So there, there you there go. There you go. Um, anything you didn't particularly like about the movie? Any scenes or we'll get into performances here in no. a minute. Uh, no. I, oh, I forgot one of my other favorite scenes. Yep. These fucking swerve. Swerve. I didn't even know they were going to be in the movie. Fucking Sandhill Cranes, <laughs> they don't give a fuck. I was going to talk about beyond the performances. Because uh, it was going to be my way to uh, sway an argument if need be. I'm like, look, I know Brooklyn Pierce, Brooklyn Prince is amazing in this she's movie. She's so good. She's one, Especially for being a six-year-old. It's one of the best kid performances I've ever seen. Ever. Willem she's Dafoe has that. a full-blown conversation with a sandhill crane. Done. <laughs> a I pack mean, of them. those sandhill cranes, though. They give you nothing to work with. <laughs> they give you nothing to work with. They don't give a fuck. And legit, they're everywhere. And that's exactly how they are. They're moseying along. There's going to be a day where I'm going to hit one with a car, and I don't know if I'm going to be sad, mad, or happy, or glad. You're going to be or... chased by the rest of them, that's for sure. <laughs> they're going to finally say... show some effort. And so we, we walk Jillian to school every day, and oftentimes we'll walk and pick her up in the afternoons. Mm-hmm. And without fail, every time I go to walk to pick her up, these sandhill cranes are all right on the path where I'm walking. And if you're listening, and I gotta go all the way around. Yeah. I want these fucking big ass birds to come and attack me. If you're listening and you don't know what a sandhill crane is, essentially, think of a smaller emu 
That's as slow as me. That has the brain of a pea <laughs> and does not move out of the fucking way Ever. if you honk or driving. Like, it'll stand in the middle of the road until it's ready to fucking move. It don't want to do anything it doesn't want it to do. It don't give a fuck. No way. Um, no fucks. Zero fucks. Yeah, the only other th- uh, thing I was going to heighten or point out, uh, one was a nitpick and one was a... Um, I like the, there's two scenes with Bobby and Caleb Landry Jones, his son, like, working at the hotel. Um, They're nice, interesting slice of life scenes. They ultimately don't amount to much. Like, they're kind of throwaway and pointless just to give more background to to Bobby's situation, and that's it. Um, They are good for the one, like, the scene where they're kind of arguing leads to a shot of Bobby standing on, like, one of the balconies of one of the, of one of the floors of the hotel smoking a cigarette in basically almost darkness as you can hear the fireworks of the happiest place on earth in the background. Yeah. I fucking love that shot. I love That's it. fucking epic. Um, my nitpick. Uh, when, after DCF has been called and Haley's trying to like, she has to take everything down and get ready for them to visit or whatnot, she gives Bertha, who's the, uh, uh, what's the phrase I'm looking for? The the maid, she the, does the, like the she house does the laundry, the housekeeper of the hotel. She gives her like a like a bag of weed. She's like, enjoy this. You, you, you like to smoke, yada yada. Why didn't she sell those drugs? <laughs> like that that would look like a big bag of weed. That looked like a freezer bag of weed, half full. Yeah. I've never sold drugs in my life, but I've watched enough movies and know enough people that do that those drugs to know. <laughs> That was probably a few hundred bucks of weed, right? Yeah. Why didn't she like try to sell that or give that to somebody and be like, hey, how much for this? Especially the street that she's on? She might be the king of that road. You're right. It just, it just, I just never thought of it the other two times I've seen Fuck the movie. So, movie. So, it, so it bothered me. Um, uh, oh, the other little throwaway scene that I liked. Um, I forget what it comes immediately after. I think it's immediately after the fire. It's like at night... And there's what appears to be like a gang beating going on right outside of the front of the hotel. Yes, and someone gets hit someone's by the like car. getting hit by a car, and Haley's yelling she's "World, just, World Star" and all this stuff. And she's just recording. And then it. you know, Bobby and one of his worthless front desk employees <laughs> are you know like talking to police and figuring it all out. And like that's just it. It's like a thirty second scene, and I love that because it's just like that's just a regular daily, it, it just every night occurrence is just yeah. I think some awful it, calamity outside of yes, this. Uh, well, I these think, people technically are living. I think that that was so well done. And I agree. It's like, seems like it's the throwaway scene, but that's that's just yeah. another night, another another day in the life kind of thing. I wish I had that when I lived in a hotel. But... <laughs> okay. I lived in a hotel for two months. I know you did. Yeah. Um, uh, in that same vein, one of the other things I like is like when there is that, the fire, the condo fire, mm-hmm. and everybody goes to it, and then just some of event. the, some of the, yeah, it's an event, and then some of the things that you hear like you're not really paying attention mm-hmm. to like the the words but it's like someone's like oh it's just full of like crackheads and prostitution let it burn let it burn just like all like all these different things and i think it's just it just felt so authentic and so yeah. real and yeah i just thought it was really really well done yeah i thoroughly enjoyed this movie and i in terms of performances like agree like mooney 
um, Brooklyn Pierce is everything. So she's got a little career already going. So she's She's gotten voice work. She was the kid in Cocaine Bear. She's actually probably one of my favorite parts of Cocaine Bear. uh, Because I was on record, I wasn't a big fan of that movie. But she's still great in it. Um, I think she's going to be one of the good ones. This is one of the best kid actor performances in a movie ever. It is really just from her basically being a dialed up version of herself, just being a kid. Um, that said, I have to vote for Willem Dafoe. I, that, 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 that's my vote. I, he is such a saintly, real, patient figure in this movie that this movie would crumble. The, the thing with Brooklyn Prince and the thing with the kids and the characters is... And this is true about kids, but this isn't going to make it something I want to watch in the movie. There are moments where it gets to be just a little bit too much. Is that the point? Sure. Is it true to life? Is it true? Yes. Why were you yelling at Jillian earlier? Because she didn't want to go to fucking bed. No, but the specific reason. What was her excuse for not wanting to go to bed? Oh, because she was thirsty. And also she wanted me to read the next two pages of the book. And also she wanted to tell me the story. And it's just, when they compound and compound, it gets to be too much. But there's a difference between being 100% true to life and being applicable and, um, what's the phrase I'm looking for? Uh, Manageable to your patience in a movie. (laughs) And there's just a couple of moments where I'm like, okay, yeah, we, we get it. It's put on a little, little thick. Um, and there's minor fine-tuning. Whereas, to me, Willem Dafoe, this is like a pitch perfect. I wouldn't change a single fucking thing about it. He's that fucking good in this movie. And I don't remember who he lost the Best Supporting Actor uh, race to, but it's a fucking tragedy that he did not win for this. Um, are you in agreement or...? I mean, I really think... Brooklyn Prince is wonderful, but yes, I'll agree with you. The other thing I would say as to why it's Willem Dafoe is she's great, and in the wrong hands, this could be not as good, but I could see another couple kids doing this. You know what no. I mean? I, I could. I disagree. Um, all right, hold on. I'm trying to find list of accolades received. Yes, it only got nominated for the one Academy Award. No, don't give me the Academy Award. Fucking nope, not that one either. Uh, best supporting actor in 24. I just want to see who he lost against. I'm pretty sure I know who won. I have not seen the movie, but it's still ridiculous. Oh no. Okay, never mind. So, uh, so he lost to. Um, Sam Rockwell for Three Billboards, which was good, but I still put this performance above it. His other nominees were Woody Harrelson in the same movie, Richard Jenkins in The Shape of Water, and fucking Christopher Plummer in the movie he replaced Kevin Spacey in. Uh, this was the year of Get Out. This was the year of Three Billboards. What other fucking movie was he in this year? I don't remember. Um, all right, so we're going to go, again, also talking to Cranes. Sure. Yeah. Uh, so, Willem Dafoe, MVP. He'll join the two-timer list uh, for MVP. Um, first one since Platoon, way back in the day. Wow. Right after we moved to uh, Orlando. Um, there was, I wanted to point out, because I didn't point it out uh, when we recorded. Oh, that's where I know Haley from. Well, wait wait a second. Let me do my stats so you can tell me, because I have no idea. 
Um, uh, when we did a Goofy movie with uh, Rip and Charlie, uh, Wallace Shawn, LVP, he's now a multi-time LVP, if I didn't point that out before. And, um, yeah, I think, that, I think that's it. Uh, but now Willem Dafoe will be a multi-time MVP. Where do you know Haley from? Uh, she's married to Top Chef. Oh, really? She's married to Michael Voltaggio. Sure. Do you remember the brother Voltaggios that were no. on Top Chef, Michael and Brian? No. No. I, when I watch those shows with you, I don't retain anybody except that they're a fucking judge or a host. Okay, well. Yeah. That's so, wow. That's I mean, she really was just, cool. I think she was just like a social media model or whatnot and never acted before. No, she had She's really good. She hadn't, but I, really I like, she looked familiar to me, but that's because I, you know, Michael Vitaggio, um, he was, he won his season and he and his brother have been on multiple times mm-hmm. and Michael Vitaggio's done other things as well. So that's really interesting and cool. Mm-hmm. And he's a lot older than she is. She's not even 30 and he's in his mid-40s. Well, whatever, whatever floats your boat. Oh, and when we go to Maryland, we should go to their restaurant. Sure, I don't know where we're going to Maryland, but whatever. We'll find a, find a, find a time. Um, LVP. I struggle with LVP because yes. there's a lot of non-classically trained actors in this. And we've been preaching a lot of this movie. There's this feeling of it being a real slice of life microscope on this subset of people type thing. So a lot of what happens and what they do kind of works for me. Do you have anybody? I I, I force somebody near the end. I, I, I know who it's not. Who is it not? It's not Gloria. Oh, it's definitely not Gloria. Definitely not Gloria's titties either. Definitely. They are eligible separately. It's not her titties. No. I don't think it's any of the kids. It's, I would not give it to any of the kids. I don't think it's any of the kids. At a certain point, the first couple times I, I've watched the movie, I wasn't the biggest fan of Jancy because she seemed a little bit too like... Mm. No, I think it's perfect. I but think it, it is, it is I, this a, time I realized the it's perfect, perfect yeah. foil yep. for how, how yep. high and escalated Mooney gets and how Scooty gets up there with her. Yep. I think it's the she's the perfect foil. And that's also how... A lot of kids lot are. Of kids are yeah. They're one or the other, kind of. Yeah. Um, I could have done without the girl who played Ashley. Ashley's my vote. Yeah. Uh, not she, that she was bad. She wasn't bad. She has a few. She was just a little flat in some scenes. Yeah, she has a few rough scenes mm-hmm. with delivery, particularly near the end of the movie, where I can hear it coming from a person of that, like, of that. Uh, what's the phrase I'm looking for? I'm trying to be so sensitive with my phrasing of words. Uh, somebody that trashy <laughs> would sound like that in those arguments, but an actor of a better caliber quality would have been able to find... Like, Haley never had that issue with me. Ashley did. Yeah, so that, I that, agree. Uh, that was the, that and was I, think, I also think the actress that played Haley did a great job. Yeah, so do I. As well. She, she, I, I have no idea how to say her name because it's Lithuanian, so... Bria? Bria Venate. Sure. Sure. Um, so yeah, so I would go with Ashley, uh, who's played by somebody named Mella Murder. Well, there you go. Perfect. So there, there you go. Mella Murder is the LVP of uh, Florida Project. But I still thought she did did a fine job. Yeah, exactly. But she's exactly. just, you know, a product of... A product of, of being with such a strong ensemble. Yeah. Ultimately. Um, 
Um, so yeah, uh, anything else about the Florida project? So uh, filming obviously took place Osceola County. Uh, the Real Magic Castle Inn and Suites, located on 192 in Kissimmee, six miles from Disney. Um, we drive past all the time. We drive past the big-ass wizard, the orange place. That's a, we drive past a different wizard. There's two wizards. And Orange World is orange the Orange World. world yeah. yeah, Orange World is Orange World. There's the mermaid. Like, yeah. I know all those spots. Mm-hmm. The, um, the movie, of course, the final scene was shot without authorization in Disney. Uh, they were like, fuck it. Let's go with it. Because <laughs> the, we, we can't afford it. Because one thing I know is Sean Baker's movies, each movie has uh, a wonderful use. Only in this movie does it in the opening scene. Uh, Celebration is the opening like credit song. And in Red Rocket, Bye 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 is like almost like a plot point in the movie. So like a lot of the budget is spent on <laughs> music rights and other things in a specific, specific uh, way. But yeah, the movie does... Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, that that final scene of them just like, uh, like yeah I love it and especially and because I love that it's a thematic thing for Sean Baker as well of not to spoil the end of Red Rocket but the end of Red Rocket is also this basically dreamlike uh, this dreamlike best case scenario ending like hopeful ending in the midst of you know tragedy and squalor and then the credits are just over silence so it makes you sit and think about where these people are going from there so it fucking fucking and i I love what i love what how sean baker describes the like open-endedness and like the interpretation of the end yeah because it can be interpreted a few different ways right like we've been watching mooney use her imagination and wonderment throughout the entire film to make the Mm -hmm. best situation of the situation she's in she can't go to Animal Kingdom, so she goes to the safari behind the motel and looks at the cows. Yep. She goes to the abandoned condos because she can't go to the haunted mansion. Mm-hmm. In the end, with this inevitable drama, this is me saying to the audience, if you want a happy ending, you're going to have to go to that headspace of a kid because here, that's the only way to achieve it. Yep. I think it is so poignant, so beautiful. Mm-hmm. I mean, so true. It, it, I, I just really love it, and it doesn't beat you over the head with it, and nope. I just... I really enjoyed it. I don't know why you didn't tell me this movie. Why don't you tell me how good this I movie to- was? I told you. I was like, this movie's fucking dope. But I can see why some people would not like it. And I didn't I didn't have this fear really with you. But it's not the happiest movie. You know what I mean? Like, it can depress you be like, to be surrounded by sure. this world and these people well, for essentially two hours. Right. I understand that. And I get that. But that's how life is, right? Yeah. And uh, this is me saying it. I'm a pretty optimistic person. I really always try to look on the bright side of life and of situations. I do always try to maintain that positivity. So, like, shit happens. Like, that's inevitable. It's how you react to it and how you deal with it that really shapes the person that you are. Like, you could be handed a sack of shit and you can make the most of it. With that childlike wonder and, and you know, uh, approach to life. Or you could be hitting a sack of shit and that could be your, your whole thing. Absolutely. Is then just a sack of shit, right? Yeah. So, you know, there are some things that we can't change. And one of those is the circumstances that we are born into. Can't change them until we're able to change them. 
you know? But you're always going to have been born into that situation. Like, that that's never going to change. Yeah. You can't just suddenly switch it, you know? You can grow out of it. You can You can rise above it. You can succumb to it. But you can't change it. Absolutely. Um, so, yeah. Well, so, so, I love that. And I, I, I think that this movie was, was great. Um, well. Really do. It is score time. What are you giving it? You score it first. Nope, I nominated it. You score it first. Oh. I mean, I, I really, really enjoyed it. I thoroughly enjoyed it. I thought it was really, really well done. Um, I'm going to give it a nine. Giving it a nine and a half. Yeah. It's... It, it, it's great. It's deeply affecting while also being... It is. Entertain, it, it's, it's entertaining despite... The immersion into yes. a very not entertaining world, um, and it's not—it's not exploitative, and it's not right on uh, in and of itself trashy. Like I said earlier, exactly. it is spotlighting something that people don't right. focus on or talk about or discuss, and showing you uh, how this is. And, it, and, and it's fast. Yeah, it's, it's like this fascinating. anthropological, fascinating. Exactly, that's character great. study. That's exactly what it is, and it's wonderful, and like. The ch- children actors are wonderful and everything. And look, if that bitch did that to me, I want to beat the shit out of her too. <laughs> and then I just see the girl do it instead. I just heard you turn it to every I character can't... in this movie. Yeah. Psh, that's it. Yeah. That's it. Ratchet. Uh, something I want to also point out. Jillian has a uh, a love hate relationship with syrup. Like she like when she eats pancakes and waffles and stuff. Like she never wants to syrup. have it. Until we force it. her to do it, and then she just wants to eat it all up. Yeah. And so this movie, like, the, the daughter being obsessed with syrup and Haley's being like, he keeps fucking farting with all this syrup. I'm like, oh, thank goodness. Let's just stop her with syrup because her farts <laughs> are bad enough before even syrups. So. <laughs> um, very good. Well, because uh, of many things, the schedule's shuffling around a little bit. So next week we will hopefully finally tackle Jumanji. We have plans to watch the first two Jumanji movies with Jillian over the weekend and then try to knock the third one out in order for us to be able to record uh, for it next week. And then we have the random movie we uh, picked before The Devil Knows You're Dead coming up. We finally have a movie locked down with our next guest stars, Maddie and Rob. We'll be doing one of my favorite movies, Sideways, which I cannot wait for. Uh, sometime, uh, probably won't be in May. It'll probably be like the first week of June. That's okay. Uh, and then also we have on the docket whatever you are about to nominate that I choose right now. Yeah. Well, it's funny that, you know, one of the last comments you made on this movie was you know, how enjoyable it is, even though it's kind of, like, depressing, mm-hmm. right? Um, and, like, how you weren't sure how I would react to it because of uh, of that, right? It's not like it's, like, it's not a rom-com and stuff. Um, the two movies that I thought of are two of my, actually, most favorite movies um, growing up. Okay. Um, I haven't seen either of them in, in years. Okay. But, um... And I don't think I've nominated either one of them before. Let me get the list. But you can get the list out and you can keep me honest. Yep. Um, I am going to nominate Rabbit Proof Fence. Okay. You have not. Okay, good. And The Magdalene Sisters. Jesus Christ, Samantha. Ugh. We've got to watch three... Fun-ass Jumanji movies. Hip, hip, hooray. 
Look, but it's it's the same kind are of Are both of them about the Holocaust? Neither of them are about the Holocaust. What are either one of them about? <laughs> <laughs> no, you have to pick off title one. <laughs> Rabbit Proof Fence is about the Aborigines in Australia. Okay. And the Magdalene Sisters are about the Black Irish. The, the, they're um, Irish women. I'm not one about the Holocaust. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> fuck you. It's like a frame of reference. Yeah, fuck you. Oh, my God. Uh, let's go with... Do you want me to tell you any of the cast? No, 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 no. I should have gone based off of... You know what I thought? Because a rabbit-proof fence, the first thing I think of is I see a fence, and I see the poster of the movie The Boy in Striped Pajamas. <laughs> I'm going to go with the Magdalene Sisters, because... What, movie, what year did that movie come out? 2002, and it's a British film. I, I vaguely remember hearing positive things about the movie. Whereas rabbit-proof fence, I don't know anything about. So at least the Magdalene Sisters I have a frame of reference to. So we will go with uh, the Magdalene Sisters. And I will count down the days to that. <laughs> it's like a 90 on Rotten Tomatoes, so I think that's fair. Sure, I'm sure it'll be very good. You're going to hate it. Probably. <laughs> uh, but I, thought, I, thought, I wasn't for sure you were going to like this and you ended up loving it. So you may surprise me. But until Doubtful. then... You're going to hate it on purpose. No, I never, I never, I never go into something planning to hate it. Never. Never have. I should have into this relationship. It's <laughs> <laughs> a marriage, at least. Uh, this has been our take. <laughs> no, thank you for listening to this episode of Married with Movies. We you almost read the name of the show. No, I just went... Uh, you can find us on arcadeaudio.net along with uh, the other podcasts in our network of shows. Please rate, review, and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. You can uh, get bonus content at patreon.com slash arcade audio, facebook.com slash Mary's Movies at Mary W. Movies on Twitter, Mary's Movies at gmail.com. Let us know what you think of the show. Uh, for me, at your host, Mold38 on Instagram. For you, at Jam with your Sam. Also for me, arcadeaudio.net slash podvloggle for my retro wrestling diary. Uh, took the week off, just because, again, taking weeks off of, uh, of everything right now. Uh, starting 1998, hopefully next week, with the Royal Rumble 1998. Uh, the first wrestling pay-per-view I saw with a friend. It was on my birthday, and I had a friend uh, come over and watch it before we moved from uh, Ohio to Florida. And uh, he got sick and had to go home. <laughs> so that's, that, uh, that'll be all detailed in that, uh, that blog coming very soon. Anything else? No. Awesome. think we covered it. I want to go to this area now and see how different and how crazy it is. I, I vividly remember driving by the Seven Dwarfs Lane sign on multiple occasions. Oh, frequently. Yeah. Frequently. And just seeing the light. Let's just go, let's just go stay a night there. Let's see what happens. I, I'm okay. Have a staycation you, at the Magic Castle. You can have a staycation there and I'll go to the fucking Ritz or something. Okay? I'm going to go eat Ritz at the... <laughs> go eat some Ritz with Bobby at the at the Magic Castle. I love hanging out with Bobby. For Mullet. This is Mullet. Signing out for this week's episode of Married with Movies. We'll catch you next time on our couch. Slash the movies. I'm going to eat some Ritz crackers and those Santo cranes are going to come fucking eat them out of my hand probably. <laughs> They'll fucking peck you to death for those fucking crackers. They're good crackers. <laughs>
Thank you for playing Arcade Audio. Play more at arcadeaudio.net.